Hello everyone and welcome to the January news episode of what's new in cloud FinOps. And by the way, the year is 2024 and it's with me, Franck Contrepoix, and my great friend, Stephen Old. I just realized I'd call this Feb because we record the month after. <laughs> I call it Feb 24 in the title. I've just changed that. Well done, <laughs> Frank. But can you believe we're already a month? Almost a month, and well, not a half yet, even Feb short, but into uh, into this year. Oh. So we are one twelfth through the news yeah, already. No, it yeah. goes so fast. And I have to say, on March and April, I have kids' birthdays. <laughs> that focuses the mind. Oh. I can tell you that. Yeah. And you just had a yeah, birthday, by the way. So happy birthday to I you. I did. Thank you. Yes. Um, very nice. Sure one of the probably the best birthdays i can remember so my wife doesn't bother listening to my podcast but kudos to her i'll tell everyone else uh it started with like uh we're at a spa with a massage finished with hamilton which was just the best thing i've ever seen in person she got some incredible tickets with food in between and meals and for those of you who, who know me personally know i'm an absolute foodie so what a day um, well done it was fantastic thank you um but i guess on to some some finops yes. news it's been a, s- a slow month, really, hasn't yes. it? Yes. January. And I, I, I'm, I was um, trying to understand if we could read something behind the scenes. Is this something? Because all three cloud vendors seems to be quite slower. So is it that it's mm. it's getting cool? I have lots of, hey, this is now in no other regions, but you don't see, you see less new stuff and more expansion of the existing. Maybe it's a planning yes. month? Yeah, yeah. Or don't know. Anyway. Yeah, potentially. Um, but and also what that means, listeners, is that I have to dig into like <laughs> the release notes. So some of the, the kind of the, the I'm not going to say the quality of the article because there's no article. I've literally got a release note and have to try to then to weather. So if some of it seems vague, that's because it is because I've found out as much as I can. Um, and it's probably the most even mix we've ever had. No, that's not true. There's very little Microsoft. Um but there's uh, mm. there's probably more uh, more even split between Google and you know what I'm looking I'm sure I'd found a piece of Microsoft news but I can't see it there now crumbs <laughs> uh, okay there's no Microsoft uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, shall I get us kicking <clears throat> off Alan, oh I've I've gone away from the sounds oh look at this first one of the year that shows doesn't it uh, I can't even see it. <laughs> transition two yes. There we go. All right. Instances and compute. So we've got one hitting a preview, which is the Z3 VMs, which offer the latest compute networking and storage innovations in one platform with a particular focus on high density, high performing local SSDs. Um, if you want more details on them, you can go into the storage optimized machine family and Z3 is the latest. They've got titanium offload processors, and they're based on the Intel Xeon scale processors in Sapphire Rapids. Uh, so they're pretty new, uh, come in pretty large uh, sizes, but you have some limitations. You can't use regional persistent disks. Um, they are only available in selected zones and regions. I mean, they are previous, that makes sense. You can't use GPUs. 
which I think again makes sense. It doesn't support sole tenancy. It can't be suspended. You can't create custom. Okay. They have a box um, and they've installed a VM <laughs> management yeah. system. On but this, this is this is this is preview view, and this is interesting because you can actually really see the limitations of preview. You can't use live migration, and it doesn't support Windows images. <laughs> I tell so, it, it's a box anyway. in a cupboard in the yeah. in a the rack there. <laughs> With, yeah. with a VM system, and, that's it. And there are two types. Mm. There is the HiMem 88 and the HiMem 176. So that's 88 CPUs with 704 gig of memory or the 176 with 14408. Um, so, yeah, it's limit- people have asked for this, yeah. right? Someone <laughs> asked for it. It is specific, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and I think, oh, I'm sorry, there's HiMem, Hi... Storage. No, how, how very fast local storage was the thing. Yeah. It's, oh, SSD is not including the limits. Oh, yeah. Sorry, it's just got a different piece. But yeah, you can get massive, super massive storage. But anyway, that's the only piece of news that I found in in the instance. And as I well. had nothing. On, so uh, AWS, it was no. packed with a new no. region, new region, new region. There is the same stuff in new region. So hey, happy days for once. Yeah. No, nothing nothing on Azure that I saw. And if I do find my piece of Azure news, we'll bring it to you next month, listeners, because I'm sure I found one back. Uh, right. Data and DBs. Um, now, actually, one of these is an old piece of news that um, I found in the release notes, because I think it's maybe gone GA, uh, but it's that Customers can now save up to 52% on database compute costs with Alloy DB commit use discounts. So the CUDs, as we generally call them, actually came out October 25th, uh, according to Amir Okun, who's the senior product manager. But I only found them in a release notes this month, maybe additional regions. Um, but the for those that don't know, Alloy DB is uh, Postgres. Post, yeah, uh, I did not. Yeah. Um, and so you can get 25% discount for one year and 52% for a three-year commitment. Um, and yeah, then the guide has a bit of how to buy them, but you guys don't need to know that because I'm sure you already know or you'd go and look at the documentation anyway. The other piece of news um, was... Uh, make sure I've got the right one in the right order. Yeah. Optimizing BigQuery computational analysis costs. So this isn't so much a piece of news as it's a blog that I thought was useful. Um, this was released on January 11th, 2024. Um, everyone knows what BigQuery is, but it's a very powerful, scalable yep. um, data engine that separates a compute from storage. And this goes through kind of design challenges, recommended approach, how you use the um, auto-scaling slots and, and stuff like that, on-demand versus BigQuery additions, and setting up the slots for admin projects. So it's um, it really kind of explains to you a bit around how using the, the additions and slots uh, reservations can, can save you some money. And it also talks about how to manage chargeback, which can be Ooh. a challenge for people using. Yeah, yeah, managing reservations and chargeback, which I think is really cool and useful as well. Uh, you know, I'm doing work with some customers at the moment where that does become yeah, a challenge. Right, like yes. How do we share our savings? Yeah, chargeback well. is a big um, topic, and it everyone talks about it in a reasonably... When you understand the concept very simply, the implementation but then is when you get into the detail, horrible. Yeah. Always. Absolutely. There is no chance. <laughs> 
so I was I was really pleased with that. Like they're actually talking about some of the problems that the people we're speaking to talk about as problems in their how-to blog, which I thought was really good. So well done, Google, for that. Uh, and then moving on. Storage. And that was also one grab. So AWS announces higher read IOPS for Amazon Elastic File System. So Elastic File System, if I remember well, is the NSF, is the NAS. It's when you have a, a central storage that you can access yeah, through right. the network. Uh, it's very useful for when you use yeah. ECS, when you use anything that is running on containers, because that creates a shared file system that all your container can access. We used to use it loads in retail just for having your web, something your web nodes can speak to. And when you're scaling up, scaling down, having a central store there, it was, it was yes. really useful. So, and uh, so now it delivers 40% higher read IOPS per file system, make it easy to power data intensive file workloads on AWS. So the interesting bit is that it doesn't say cost or price anywhere, but my point is that if you can get the data faster into your environment, it should take you less time. So you can turn stuff off faster. So that's my tiny <laughs> connection with cost because the article is silent on the topic. Mm. Visibility and billing. Um, so this includes more things this year than did previously. So billing conducts to tag cost categories, but anything of that space. So my first one in this is um, standardize your cloud billing data with the new Focus BigQuery view. So those who don't know what Focus is, it's the FinOps open cost and usage standard. Uh, Google, Microsoft, and now AWS are all involved in it. It's been led by the FinOps Foundation. And now you're seeing the actual vendors start to actually bring the products in line yeah. with it um so this is a good blog it explains what focus is and introducing the view for focus preview um and then goes into how it works so it and they talk about their commitment to the open standard which i think is great but it's exciting you know more things going into the into the focus standard format which if you're multi-cloud is just going to be massive yes. i think um <clears throat> i think well and it hopefully starts bringing the light place into line in general so, so that's yeah, great and, and i think it, it's really cool because you can see aws done the, the data export which allows you to create queries and that, so you can create focus type and i expect that to come out soon google's really creating a view so it's so simple it's everything it's done for you it's really cool yeah. it, it is and uh, the further i think focus plan to include SaaS potentially pricing you will also, you'll be about. able to compare Apple to apples all of a sudden, hopefully. It's not a guarantee, but there yeah. is a good chance it's going to be simpler. <clears throat> so, no, very optimistic about uh, Focus and really, really happy that they are working on it so well. Yeah. Um, right. My next one is introducing granular cost insights for GKE using cloud monitoring and billing data in BigQuery. I mean, you can just see everything about billing, really, at, at a detailed, complex level in Google is is touching BigQuery. And, yes. you know, in my previous organization, we even took our CURS and put them in BigQuery. And we're looking at taking our um, Azure cost and usage API data and consumption data into BigQuery for, for various reasons. But that gave us uh, a really great ability to, to look across. Because as a reseller in Google, you can actually get a rebilling export and stuff. So you can actually get all of your stuff in one place together in, in AWS, that's a bit harder. So that's why we kind of use that as the, the kind of data gravity place and we have to move them across. Uh, but BigQuery, we found was fantastic. And then, you know, I was on a call about this recently about 
uh, tools and services and that actually one of the key tools that people are still using is Excel or Google Sheets, right? And um, you can link BigQuery and Sheets yeah, together. I've done this. Really, it's it's brilliant because you can connect and it, yeah. it just query and then you can re-elaborate the data and give, for how strange it is, Excel is a brilliant, or Google Sheet is a brilliant user experience yeah. that lots of people are familiar with. So it might not yeah, look absolutely. good, but it is, I know what to do with that. I, I remember having a big debate in a previous organization about someone wanting to build an app to do billing uh, because we'd built a big query and sheets integration system instead. And they were like, yeah, but, you know, we need something that follows, uh, you know, is an app and we'll have more control. Of it. I'm like, how will you have more control of it? Yeah because we understand how every single piece of this works. As soon as you go and build an app, the people who are using it don't know this, how the behind yeah. the scenes work. In, in Google Sheets, it is a managed mm. service. It's like a platform as yeah. a service, It's I, you know, which allows us to do these things. Why is you building an app better? Oh, because you know, it's, it's not just in a spreadsheet. Well, if you're doing the exact same thing as a spreadsheet, why is yeah. it better to have an and, app? And it's a real, real debate. It's a, it's interesting because yes, for me it is the user experience. Is Microsoft yeah. at the beginning with Excel or Lotus really in the ages <laughs> yeah. did so much yeah. work for people to get used to it, and it was the way it was standard. It's a table, column, formulas work that way, etc. And people are so used. People that run numbers, they all know how to use this tool. So that, if that, you if you built a spreadsheet, if you built a spreadsheet in any of those tools and gave it to me, I will be able to work out yes. what it's doing. Yes. Right. If you give me an app you've built, oh, no. and just a front end, I don't know what's going behind the black box. And I, th I think you're exactly right. It's the user experience. It's the understandability and, and just the 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 herd knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. phrase, yeah, and what you say is, which is quite yeah. interesting, is you talk about the beginning. Is you can go into and understand how it works, but then you can also do the opposite. Mm -hmm. Is independently, you are able to create new things. You're able to yeah. create your new tab and start expanding it to make it what yeah. you need, which helps. Yeah, I can take the data. This is the raw data. This is how it's organized. This is the minimum things I've done. Now it's yours. <laughs> Whatever you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway. Absolutely. Well, go back to this news. Uh, it's a really great article that talks you through <clears throat> the cloud monitoring metrics in, in BigQuery, which is now in preview, and how you can use that alongside the billing data, which you can also have in BigQuery to create some um, kind of overview GKE fleet efficiency and this kind of stuff. This It talks through the benefits the path towards better GKE resource utilization. So that's what it's really driving at. It's use, yeah, resource efficiency and um, then what you can do to cost optimize and the journey from there. Well worth the read if you're using that. Uh, you know, is it starting to eat into the world of things like QCost? Maybe, maybe a little bit, um, but, you know, that's what's happening in all yeah, these tooling spaces, right? So, uh, right, that's the last one. I mean, no, so, I have one. Oh, no, not, you've got one. You've got one. Oh, I almost pressed the. I almost pressed the sound. I stop it in time. So yeah, no, it's uh, this is <laughs> AWS Billing Conductor releases account scope custom line items. So luckily, I'm reading this because I would have said that this was already implemented. I would have been an obvious. So the idea is that you can now, when you on AWS Billing Conductor, you can create custom line items, and those custom line items are applied only at the top level. At the pay account, oh, right, and now, now you can, can do assign it to individual accounts. So if you are a service provider and you are or a reseller and you are charging support in a different way or percent of whatever, you can effectively do your math and then apply it on a per account basis uh, effectively. Right. So it, it makes it 
but, which he needs well, really yeah I, I, that's i would have thought that's that's a basic <laughs> exactly so when i read that i was like yeah. oh i was talking about building conductor yesterday with someone and i was like oh wow yeah okay i would have i, I, I honestly would have assumed this was a feature already and but yeah yeah, but there, there are things like that, right? So uh, I was speaking to someone again yesterday, actually, about um, Optimization Hub that's come out, that came out uh, after reInvent, and that now you can get the API, you can API in and get your uh, right-sizing recommendations, computer-optimized yeah. recommendations out centrally, because previously you had to go into yes. every, if you're yeah, trying yeah, to yeah, an automated yeah, way, yeah, every single account. And, you know, you just kind of think about it and kind of go, why was that ever the design? Why would you know? And, and now it kind of goes into both, but like it's always something you need. Yes, both levels. Yeah, absolutely, but yeah. uh, there are there are lots of things which work only on a regional basis, and aggregating them together. I understand yeah. that aggregating them together makes <clears throat> it very very messy to manage because all of a sudden it's lots of things just apply to the account. So the optimization you give can only be applied to an account, and they don't stack up. Yeah. But some of them will. <laughs> Yeah, true. Yeah, the the dupe in um, in optimization is a nice, nice thing. Right, next one. Commitment. Uh, right, this is just out of the um, out of the release notes. So forgive me for the uh, the lack of depth. But recommendations for compute engine flexible commit use discounts are now generally available. Uh, so I think they were previewed previously. Uh, flexible codes add flexibility to your spending capabilities by eliminating the need to restrict your commitments to a single project, region, or machine uh, series. Um, so they're like flexible codes that save mm-hmm. space. Um, and so now the the actually you can actually get better recommend you can get recommendations across um, at the billing account level. And that's that one. The next one is the subscription IDs for your committed use discounts are now available in the detailed cost ex- data export which is one of the things you're putting into BigQuery. Um, And so now you can view a subscription ID associated with your resource-based and spend-based CUD fees. Uh, This enables you to connect CUD fees to corresponding CUD subscription instance to improve traceability of cost and savings calculations, which is massive. And you just need to use the subscription.instance underscore ID column in the data cost, sorry, in the detailed cost data export to see your subscription ID. It's just been plonked in there. Um, and that is all I have on those two. Um, I would say there are more information online, but I don't know where it would be. Uh, this is all the information <laughs> I've got. Savings. So I have one, which is uh, <clears throat> because it was saying price in, in the title. So Amazon EC2 added new price protection for attribute-based instance selection. So if you're using EC2 Auto Scaling or EC2 Fleet, uh, when you select, uh, when you define your spot instance price protection limit as a percentage of instance on-demand price. And I think this, uh, so you can protect in some form where you can understand when on-demand is going to be selected or spot is going to be selected correctly. Uh, it, it's, it is very interesting. And I think it's connected with the fact that I, th- we discussed it here, the, the spot price went up quite a lot at one point. Yeah, talked about it with Demi, didn't we? Yeah. We've talked about a few people, and it went black yes. box. Yes. Uh, it no longer is bid-based. Bid so yeah. now you can express your instance requirement through a set of instance attributes of vCPU memory, but also percent of uh, the, that's my understanding. Um, you can also use the percent 
of a saving compared to on-demand or the, the cost compared to on-demand. Yeah, that's cool. cool. But yeah, I need to understand for attribute-based right. instance selection. So I think it's, yeah, <laughs> I need to check. So I'm pretty sure there are some caveats there that I'm missing. So please uh, have a look at it, <laughs> listeners, before using and just taking my word. Sustainability. So that was quite interesting. Uh, so it's, it's roughly the first time when I write on my search, uh, sustainability and I get something out of it. So announcing AWS supply chain sustainability are at very big hopes, uh, while reading it. So, but overall it is. So there is a new product, which is called AWS supply chain. Uh, and it helps company manage their supply chain as the name indicates. And it's, uh, Let's say some of the knowledge that Amazon.com created that they are trying to bring to AWS as a service. And the, so this system, this supply chain sustainability is really, is not giving you data. It's more about they provide you a place and a structure to get data, the environmental, social, and governance, or the ESD document and data set from your supplier network. So it offers a place where all your supply network can send you uh, the information around sustainability. So that means if if you have uh, a supply chain with 10 suppliers, they have a central place where they can send you stuff. AWS, the article yeah. says that in the past, it was done via email, fax, and messaging apps. So now there is yeah. a central repository to put all these data. Yeah, it's... The artifact, well, the such as is life cycle assessment, certificates of product safety and hazardous substance used, which fits into ESG, don't get me wrong. But yeah, I know. I don't know if it really goes, it's just the same ability. It doesn't really change anything because well. it doesn't reduce consumption. It doesn't reduce usage. It just tells you you no. can report, you have a central place to report on it. Yeah, exactly. And and part of kind of ESG and your requirements for reporting, it talks about uh, carbon and hazardous materials reporting. Really, this is helping the hazardous material reporting, unless there's something in some yeah. of these bits that uh, talks about uh, carbon. Uh, but it's helping you manage your scope three. Yes. It's a positive step. I'm sure you could ask for a a carbon estimate or something from your suppliers as one of the artifacts, yeah. which would still be massively yeah. useful. So I think it'd be about how you use it. That isn't really outlined that well in this. Yes. That's what it is. Right. And last but not least. So that's the silly. I found one thing, really. Um, so it's AWS Marketplace announces simplified and reduced listing fees for sellers. Oh, there was another one too. I, I think we've lost. We deleted slightly something at one point. Uh, but so pri uh, public subscription for software as a service and AWS data extent product are reduced by 3%. So fees are going down. Marketplace private offer listing fee for software and data reduced between 1.5 and 3%, etc., etc. So there are reduction on AWS Marketplace uh, when you uh, for sellers. So that's positive. And I think there was another news, which was you could start selling on the Marketplace. So third-party consultancy or third party elements too. So that was, um, that was another one, but yeah, for the marketplace, there are reduction in price and fees. Have a look at it. If you're using the marketplace to sell your product, I think that's it for nice. this. I'm yeah. I'm just looking through our version history on the Google doc that we have just to see if we have deleted any, um, 
No, I don't think we have. Maybe we've just been really bad at copying and pasting. Because I'm sure I had a microphone. It's possible. Uh, copy paste. You can see, yeah. listeners, you are discovering this is all fully non-automated. <laughs> this oh is yeah, done. No, I, I, I wish we could automate it. I have a, I have a phrase, don't I, Frank? If you do something three times, automate it. I just can't, <laughs> can't find a way because I have to change where I get the news from every time. Um, uh, I'd have to, yeah, leverage yeah, Interesting, it would be, but the, the, the time it would take me for the automation because this is a reasonably short thing and. Uh, and usually we're quite good at copy pasting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we think we are. Maybe this is the first time we've noticed. But no, I can't. We, ha we haven't missed. Um, we haven't deleted anything. No. Um, but if there is anything we've missed, I'll go back through two months worth of Azure uh, and make sure. But um, that's that's all the news. So quite a short one. Um, and nothing really headlines. No. There, nothing massive. No, if I needed to select one, um, I would not. We were discussing oh, yeah. about that. Yeah, it, it, the, yeah, the big one for me would be the focus one, possibly. Yeah, I, I agree. That's probably the the most interesting one, isn't it? The um, but uh, the BigQuery focus yeah. view. Thank you very yeah. much, listener. Have a fantastic rest of your day, and uh, well, talk to you for an interview or news episode soon. Bye, everyone. Bye.